He's been on the field for less than a minute. And Giovanni Lo Celso scores his first Premier League goal. And Jose Mourinho looks like a genius here tonight. On this episode of PLNPJ's Penalty Problems, Mourinho Magic, and a Match Week 10 preview. Welcome back to the only Premier League podcast with a dress code, Jake. That dress code being jammies, Brent. It is. It absolutely is. And we're in a bit of a strange situation right now, aren't we? We are indeed. Uh, our very first podcast where we're not recording together. And it's really tragic. Um, I don't like it. I don't feel comfortable. Uh, I'm at home in Alaska, but I don't feel like it's home. You know, home is where the heart is, and the heart is in the recording room for PL and PJs on a Tuesday, and I'm just not there. Home is where the jammies is, Brent. Well, I have plenty of jammies back home in Alaska. (laughs) Believe that, Jake. (laughs) I have an endless supply to choose from, you know? Um, And that's that's surprising. Well, you know, I brought the, the shirt home with me, so that, you know, I, that I did not have at home beforehand, and, but I made sure and, to bring and it And you know, you know that I'm wearing the shirt now, too, obviously. Right, right. Well, you do every single time. Every, There's no, every You don't week. miss it, you know, and no. so uh, it's nice to hear that you're continuing that even when I'm not there. Oh, of course. But, Jake, despite this being a strange week for us, mm-hmm. you know, you could say it was a pretty typical match week in the Premier League. You know, just normal games, things happening. It's a after the international break, we're back to the normal schedule. A very regular week, and, and I'm so glad for it. Uh, I I love international games, but I am so happy to have these Premier League mornings back. Wake up, make some coffee, and just mm-hmm. do nothing all morning but watch some soccer. Well, and the only bummer being that we weren't able to be together again to do our sure. little mimosas, you know, a little breakfast, like Irish like to, coffee. But... Right, all of it. Uh, so, you know, I can't wait to get back to that next mm-hmm. week. Uh, but not the case here. And so, Jake, uh, like I said, we – look, should we just go right into it? Should we just get into the games? Sure, get right into it. Uh, as we've mentioned before, you, you do the recaps and I do the look ahead. So let's hear the recap. I do. I've, I've liked the system that we've developed. So mm-hmm. looking back to Saturday, November 21st, we had – Chelsea beating Newcastle 2-0. Mm. We had Brighton beating Aston Villa 2-1, and a bit of a surprise for me, and I think for yeah. both of us. I believe we both picked Villa in that game, and, and Brighton came to play. And definitely could have made uh, ended in a tie uh, with some late drama. VAR mm-hmm, got involved, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, I think they deserved that win, and uh, we both lost points in that pick. No, for sure, and it's a big three points for them. But speaking sure. of big three points... Your Tottenham Hotspur beat Man City 2-0 in the ensuing game. And, uh, Brent, I would be lying if I said I wasn't over the moon uh, during that game, and especially that second goal once Lo kind of sealed it for Spurs. But uh, great performance. We held the line and uh, good clean sheet against an impressive offense. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I, I would have to agree with that. But uh, And an equally exciting thing for me, I mean, maybe not the competition was the same, but Man sure. U beat West Brom. So right. uh, we both got some wins this weekend. You know what didn't win was my uh, two-leg parlay that I recommended last week. Well, they can't all be winners, you know? Um, (laughs) In fact, most of the time they seem to be losers. (laughs) Most of the time they are losers, but you listen to me for those few times that I pick a winner. Right, you got to go through the coal to get to the diamonds. You know, you're going to have a few bad ones before you get to that just all-star, take-your-breath-away, Jake's bets pick, and it's all worth it. You know, you get all the money back. But yeah, let's uh, continue on through those results. Perfect, perfect. So then moving on to Sunday, uh, we had a pretty cagey affair between Everton and Fulham. Everton winning 3-2. to uh, Kind of surprising. Again, uh, I, I think we both kind of had some hesitations about picking Everton in this game. You might have picked a draw sure. in it. Uh, did you? I don't remember. I'll, I'll I, I can't remember either. <laughs> but, but I think we talked about how it could be close, and it was. Uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, though, with two more goals continuing his hot streak and you know i guess the result wasn't surprising that everton won but the game itself was in my opinion yeah i'd have to agree with that um it was a little early for us here and i didn't wake up to watch it but Mm -hmm. seeing the highlights um i'm I'm sad that i picked my player to watch from uh, dcl to abomiang i'll tell you that no i'm really sad for you i told i warned you against it you did not listen um, hey, but, who, who would have thought that uh, sober Jake making that pick before uh, had a better idea than almost drunk Jake during the podcast. I've definitely learned my lesson in consuming alcohol and then making big, life-changing decisions about the Premier League. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. about the Premier League. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, specifically. Uh, <laughs> Good. <laughs> you had to learn the lesson in other assets of life, you know, but that's, you know, whatever. Um, moving on, though, we had a West Ham victory over Sheffield, 1-0. Again, a kind of close game, and a game that on the surface may not have seemed like it was going to be because West Ham mm-hmm. was so hot coming into it. But I I believe we, we thought that, that might be a little bit closer as well, and, and it turned out to be. Yeah, I, uh, I think that was my surprise pick of the week going the other way, um, mm-hmm. which, I mean, a few kicks here and there could have. Um, it was a pretty close game, and... The one West Ham goal was a great finish uh, by Sebastian Haller, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but a little fortunate that the ball came to him at that point. For sure, for sure. And, and it's not like Sheffield didn't have any chances. But uh, speaking of not having any chances, Arsenal leads nil-nil. <laughs> Arsenal did not offer a lot going forwards. Leads were peppering the Arsenal goal, but, but just couldn't get the, the breakthrough. Yeah, uh, I would say not enough shots on target for Leeds. Um, oh, they yeah. had a lot Although of lot opportunities. The, they did hit the bar yeah. three times. Correct. And, uh, Towards the end in a row. They, they came close uh, many a time, but uh, that 10-man arsenal held strong and a 0-0 draw. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then after that, and what I found to be a very surprising dominant performance, Liverpool beat Leicester 3-0. Yeah, and we both missed this one. I believe that was... Er, it was one of your surprise picks. I know it wasn't. It was. Protecting yeah. Uh, you had Leicester and I had a draw. We thought that they were going to miss Salah a little more. Um, but I'd say Liverpool beating a team 3-0 in the Premier League is never going to be a surprise, at least this year. Um, but the circumstances kind of made it a little more surprising. Well, and not only with Salah out, but with the entire defense out, I thought that Leicester sure, would sure. offer a lot more going forward. and. Liverpool just, frankly, just gobbled them up. They, they didn't really offer anything going forward, and 
I was definitely surprised by that. What wasn't my surprise pick turned out to be a surprising result for me. Uh, but yeah. moving on to Monday, we had Burnley beating Crystal Palace 1-0. Uh, and Jake, again, <laughs> I always say it, I always picked Burnley at the start. I picked them a lot. And they let me you down, <laughs> and then the one week I don't go with them, they, they decide to pull a result out. It's very frustrating. Yeah, maybe you should, for their sake, not pick them ever again. Well, maybe for your Jake's Bets pick, you know that anytime I don't pick Burnley, it's a good opportunity to maybe pick something for them, whether it's a win or a certain goal value. You know, just yeah. just keep it in mind. Um, and that's, that's definitely something to think about, but I'd have to consult you uh, prior to the episode to get your picks on those next week. Well, that's, that's fair. Uh, well, and on top of that, you know what they say, correlation is causation. So you know that, you know, that is the reason that Burnley pulled out a win. Correct. I, I've heard that many times. Yeah, no, same. But uh, anyway, and in our final game of the match week, Jake, we had Wolves in Southampton tying 1-1. And our uh, snub from our fantasy team this week, Pedro Neto, who we switched out off-air after a bit of a miscommunication, ended up getting that tying goal for Wolves. Yeah, and it seemed like a smart move from us when we saw that he wasn't starting out of the game. And... The fact that he found the net after a shot off the post from Jimenez was a little lucky in his favor, but, you know, next week Mm -hmm. maybe we'll sneak him in, but we'll see. Hey, you know, the bench boost is a thing in fantasy, and uh, speaking of fantasy, Jake, we were above average again. And frankly, very above average. Which you love to see. I mean, frankly, that's just, we talked about it, it's very exciting, but we ended up with 73 points. Uh, The average was 55. Yeah, oh, nice. uh, we, we definitely, we smoked the competition this week. We didn't get the highest, but we smoked the average, and uh, we missed our captain pick a little bit. Everybody picked Bruno Fernandez captain. It was the highlight of the week. We talked about it. We decided, no, we're going to go against the odds, go against the grain. We're picking Jack Grealish, who only got one point, <laughs> and so as our captain <laughs> got two, we got a negative one from Lamptey for getting a red card at the end that was pretty soft, but pretty we silly. had a lot of solid performances. Fabianski, nine points. Digne and James, 8 points. Fernandez, 11. Son, 10. Calvert-Lewin, 13. Just an all-around good team performance. And I'm proud of us. I'm very proud of us. I, I'm also very proud of us, but just think if we made the captain one of the three people that we've been rotating the captain around before. I know. I know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Who if all, it would have been Calvert-Lewin <laughs> and we kept Neto in for Lamptey, uh, needless to say, I think I think we would have been pushing 90. No more, Dang. probably. Uh, we that, might have been that's impressive, at least. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, we still wouldn't have been the highest, but it would have probably felt a lot better for us. Like, we didn't leave sure. anything on the table. But right. along with those great performances for our fantasy team, Jake, there were some great players this week in the Premier League. Would you say that there was a Smile Mask Team of the Week team? I think there might be a few contenders. And, and Jake, we always <laughs> talk about Smile Mask every week. And they are just such a good company. We believe in what they do. Uh, at Smile Mask USA on Instagram, you can go check out their gorgeous models, uh, both male and female. Some recently engaged models at that. Hey, uh, I was going to say, uh, two of those Smile Mask models just got engaged this past weekend, yeah. and that's exciting. I'll, I'll have a drink to that. I'm, I'll raise my yeah, glass. Yeah, I'll, I'll take another sip. Uh, we'll shout them out. I don't know if they listen or not, but Jake and Jamie, this one's for you. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that. Um, but, yes, like we were saying, American company, they create masks that uh, you know have the clear 
front a little bit wider now so you can see that full smile and, and you help communicate with maybe the verb or the audially disabled i guess you could say uh yep and and at the end of the day you love to support a local small business out of california especially for you jake coming from california i know why you love the company you know why i love it is it because you know that my favorite feature of yours is your mouth and i love to see it all the time so the fact that you have a clear mask makes it really easy no i i thought you would feel that way and so that it it warms my heart to hear you say that but jake you know, maybe maybe these players aren't wearing those masks, but maybe they should be. But uh, maybe we should start off by uh, listing off our back line and goalkeeper. Sure. Uh, would you like to take that, or shall I? I'll, I'll go for it. I don't mind. I don't okay. mind. Okay. Uh, we we put out a bit of a Twitter poll this week. Uh, there were, we felt there were multiple very very solid goalie performances in the Premier League this week, but uh, after a Twitter poll, we let the fans decide that our goalie this week is going to be Nick Pope in goal. Uh, I mean, frankly, he was tied with Hugo Lloris in the votes percentage, both at 40%. Mm-hmm. However, he was leading for longer. That that last Lloris one came in at the end. So so we're giving it to Nick Pope, who had five saves and a clean sheet for Burnley, and a big game for them, a very big game for them. At our left-back position, we have Luca Digne from Everton, who got two assists at the weekend, just doing what he does best. Uh, as our left center back, we had Kurt Zuma out of Chelsea. Nine aerial duels won, 96% pass accuracy, and a clean sheet. You can't really ask for more than that from a defender. You, really you, know, you can't expect them to score every week. <laughs> so, no, no, no. So that's, that's just a great performance. Our right center back, we had uh, Eric Dyer out of Tottenham Hotspur, uh, not only beating Man City 2-0, but had three blocks, eight clearances, and played the full 90, and just looked great. He was he was kind of their rock at the back this week. And we put agree. it right back, uh, a man who plays left back, but just fitting everybody in. We then have Andy Robertson from Liverpool, one assist, three key passes, and just, frankly, Liverpool defenders deserve to be in the team of the week, I think, Jake. Oh, and I'd have to agree, that was a great performance by them, and they really pushed up and created those chances. Mm-hmm. But speaking of pushing forward, Jake, yeah. would you mind talking about our midfield? Exactly. And on that note, uh, we have the versatile James Milner, who moved into the center mid position after uh, some substitutions for Liverpool, and he ended up with an assist and five key passes. And when he was uh, playing that left or right back position, he looked great and provided a lot of balls going forward. And uh, continue to do so in that center mid position i think it's great uh, to see him as a as a role player still performing as well sure, as he yeah. as he was a few seasons ago for liverpool but anyway jake continue on please yeah i will thank you um <laughs> then we have decore uh, from everton who had a goal and 91 percent passing accuracy who really just held that midfield together and uh really played a lot of balls well going forward also in that midfield, we have Kovacic from Chelsea with 94% passing accuracy and three key passes. And in that 2-0 victory, just looked really solid there in the midfield and kind of connected everything for Chelsea in that game. And I, I think that's a very solid midfield we put together. I do too. I do too. Very well balanced. Very well balanced. Very versatile. Um, and then going forward, Jake, we have another versatile forward line. Uh, you know, players who maybe could be considered out of position. We have Firmino on the left wing 
Uh, <laughs> coming out of Liverpool, a goal, a key pass, six shots, and finally got off the mark at home. Uh, you know, it's been a little bit of a goal drought for him, but he finally got his goal, a good header off a corner kick. And, uh, you know, I don't see him playing on the left wing anytime soon, but he played a good role no. in their game through the middle. And I think he definitely deserved to get into the team. Yeah, and, uh, and, uh, he definitely had a little drought going, and it was kind of humorous to see him get so close in that game before yeah, that yeah. goal he finally got. Uh, mm-hmm. The goal line review of, like, what, a hair? Not even, like, a like yeah, no, it was, quarter of it a was centimeter? A millimeter. Yeah. yeah. It, it was comical. We, we were having a little bit of a laugh about it, but then he ended up getting his goal pretty quickly after that. Right. But uh, and, and good for him. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, great smile. Glad we could see it. Maybe it would look good in that smile mask, too, just saying. But <laughs> <laughs> on our right wing, we have Diogo Jota out of Liverpool. Uh, that's our fourth Liverpool player this week, but frankly, they had the best performance, I thought, this, this match week. So not surprising yep. they have a lot of players in the team, but Jota came away with a goal, three key passes, five shots, and just looked dangerous the whole game. Uh, he's been great for Liverpool since since he joined, and probably better than a lot of people would would have thought that he would do but but he's been fantastic and then our striker uh the mainstay generally speaking of this team Dominic Calvert-Lewin another two goals in his game and he's just on fire this season and it's hard to leave him out yeah and uh again I'm sad that I didn't pick him for my player to watch or for my Jake's yeah. bets but uh he did well for our fantasy team and he looked great um as that striker going forward and you know unreal the season he's having so far and great for him i'm really happy no it's it's fantastic we're all stoked for him um but what we're not maybe stoked about jake is this match week did come with a little bit of controversy over var and some penalty issues would you mind kind of giving us a little recap of what happened sure uh just for a few examples in manchester united's game there was a penalty called against bruno fernandez um, later on in the match that was then overturned when the ref went to the monitor and took a look at it. Um, there was some contact with the leg, but also maybe some contact with the ball. So it was somewhat controversial, um, compounded by the fact that Bruno went down and uh, won and converted a penalty on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that you're surprised that Man United was involved in a VAR scandal. It never um, happens. Never happens at all. Um, another one off the top of my head was the end of the Aston Villa game, where uh, Brighton looked to have conceded a penalty to Aston Villa, um, and then similar thing where the ref went to the monitor and looked at it and saw that the defender might have just gotten enough of the ball to make that contact with the mm-hmm. uh, opponent's leg uh, minimal, I guess. Yeah, no, and I, I definitely think, look... VAR has been a talking point a lot already this season, but I feel like deservedly so. They're bringing it upon themselves with these calls that they're making. Uh, it just kind of makes me think, in general, is there really any standard, or is it all fairly arbitrary when VAR decides to make a call or not? You know, is it completely subjective? It doesn't really appear to me yeah. that they are following a rule book, and it seems like the rule is always changing, and Menu has benefited from it plenty of times. So, you know, I have reason to be happy about it as... Uh, you know, from a selfish reason, but from an overall standpoint, it's extremely frustrating to see how inconsistent VAR has been. I, I, I agree with that, but what I'd have to say about this week in particular is that I'm happy that these decisions were ultimately made by the on-field referee. I agree with that. 
So sure, he was consulted by the VAR assistant um, and was told to go take a look, but he ultimately made the final decision after he took a look at the play in question. No, it does alleviate some of the issues that I have with it to know that the ref on field is going to view it. I've, I mean, I've said this to you a lot. I agree with going with the call on field. Unless it, I mean, only because of the verbiage when it comes to VAR is so iffy when it's a blatant and mm-hmm. obvious, you know, error. Um, yeah. I usually side with the referee's call on field. If, but, but then again, and we brought this up before, if, if the referees are being told to let things go uh, because VAR can take a look at it, you know, it, it just gets a little dicey for me, but I will agree. It makes me feel better knowing that the ref is taking the time being told by VAR to go over and look at the monitor and he can make the call versus some people in a studio, you know, 100 miles away just deciding whether or not something's going to happen in a game. So so I can definitely agree with that. Uh, and, Jake, I, I think you made a good point. Thanks, Brent. Um, yeah, and there's nothing – or there's some, some things that the referee just can't see on the field – and all happen, bodies get in the way. You can't see every single movement sure. that a defender's leg makes. So I, I like that there is VAR for the, some cases like that, where you see a defender step on a attacker's foot, and it's too far away from the referee, and you catch it on VAR, and it's obviously a penalty or something like that. Um, another example was in the Tottenham Man City game. There was a goal for Man City, that was called off because of a handball that was spotted by VAR, by Gabriel Jesus. Um, and the referee originally didn't see it. He was too far away. But they uh, consulted VAR, and they said it hit his forearm before he passed it on for the goal. And, you know, it's stuff like that that I think VAR is good for. But there are some of the uh, nitpicky things that maybe it's just not in the spirit of the game. No, I agree, and and I like that they're taking a bit of a backseat, uh, it, it seems at least. It, it does make me wonder, though, I know, and I don't know if you remember, but the MLS experimented with referee cams uh, yeah. at one point, and I would be interested to see that used, just at, at the point that VAR is a thing, it would be interesting to see the referee cam make a comeback, so you at least get an idea of what their perspective is of the call when they're making it. Uh, maybe it would help alleviate some of the issues that people have with it that you know var itself is very nitpicky down to the you know very finest of margins but maybe if you could see the ref cam as part of the replay angles you know it might add a little bit of you know not that you want to be uncertain but a little bit of uncertainty to it where where it's okay you know you can understand why the ref made this call this is what they saw you're not just seeing what the tv see you see what the Mm -hmm. ref sees and he's making the call on the pitch when he's right up there so so it would definitely be an interesting talking point. I don't think it will happen. I just think it, you know, it could be beneficial, at least to the viewer, to see, uh, to see the ref's angle. And, Brent, I'm not familiar with this MLS project or example that you're speaking of, and maybe some of our viewers aren't as well. But from context clues, I'm guessing it's a first-person camera view from the referee. That's exactly right. There's a camera okay. on top, uh, or I'm sorry, on the chest of the referee uh, so that you can see what, what they're looking at. They, they tested it out in the MLS for a little bit. It never stuck, gotcha. but they use it. there's a MLS all-star fan cam, I think, against Real Madrid uh, that you can go back and watch. The MLS released the video of the referee cam. I actually think it was on his head in that instance. Um, but anyway, just, just an interesting yeah. thought. No, and it's... Very interesting, and uh, maybe something similar to that may come to the Premier League sometime soon. 
hey, look out for look out for it at a Premier League match near you. You know. <laughs> Uh, but, when, but once Jake, you're allowed in, yeah. Right, of course. Jake, I think you're going to like the next topic. I would appreciate if you kind of just dove right into it and gave us a little sneak peek of what it is, what we're going to be talking about, and, and just had at it. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm going to try to stay a little calm, not get too excited about this topic. and I'd like you to get a little excited. Stay a little level-headed, if possible. Um, but this next segment, titled Mourinho Magic. Um, oh, Brent's- why is that? Do you think Spurs are serious title contenders, or are they just frauds like previous years? Jake, history tells me a Jose Mourinho team in Jose's second season in charge of the team is always about a Man title United? contender. Man U still finished second, <laughs> though, and Jose Mourinho, and frankly, I would agree with him after seeing how the team has, I guess you could say, progressed since, but they really haven't progressed, but... He said that was the greatest accomplishment of his career was finishing second with Man United, and they were still 30 points off first place. But other than that, <laughs> he has finished first place in his second season with a team, every single team that he's managed. Um, and, and that's a fact. You can check that out. So from history standpoint, from knowing that, I would say absolutely, right? I mean, how could they not be? Um, sure. What I worry about is with this Premier League season – how many injuries are happening? Obviously, you don't wish injuries on anybody, but when the injuries do happen, because we're seeing big players from most teams go down, you know, how do they still progress forward? Do they have the depth, uh, you know, to take that back seat once in a while? And I know that Mourinho's a defensive-minded coach, plays on the counterattack, uh, you know, especially in big games. But uh, you know, I, I kind of worry that the depth might not be there. Not so much going forward now that they have Gareth Bale, you know, Bergvine, uh, Lucas Moura. They, they've got depth going forward. I'm more worried about the depth at the back and the depth in the midfield. So, obviously, Jake, you're a Spurs fan. Maybe you could give some insight as to whether or not you agree with that being a possible issue. Yeah, I would have to say that our depth is only a main issue at the back. Um, sure, the late signing of Joe Roden is good for our depth going into other competitions like the Europa League and right. our cup ties. Um, but if something serious were to happen, um, which we saw Toby have a little knock. Yeah, Toby's and, muscle injury that he had. Yeah. yeah, against Man City. So if so, right now it's only him and Eric Dyer and then Tanganga if he comes off uh, injury. And then Sanchez, who has fallen a little out of favor since the West Ham game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have five center backs, I'd like to say, with two injured currently. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the availability of uh, Ben Davies to play a uh, center back with Regulon still on the left back position, sure. which we've seen, I think, twice so far, and it's actually worked. So that's a possibility going forward. Hopefully not for main Premier League matches, but for those Europa League fixtures, uh, it could be a possibility to give our center backs a rest for yeah. those big Premier League games. Um, but yeah, I think that's one of the main concerns. And overall, though, I think we might have a slight advantage over other title contenders just because we're in the Europa League and not the Champions League. So our fixtures aren't as tough. Maybe we play a lesser lineup in those games and get to rest our main players. Also, a huge thing this offseason was we finally got a backup striker for Harry Kane. So sure. he doesn't have to play every single game and risk those muscle injuries. So I think 
there's a lot of positives for the Spurs title contender um, theory, but at the end of the day, you have to look at who you're talking about. We're talking about Tottenham <laughs> <Sure>. Hotspur, <laughs> who, as a fan, you know they're going to let you down. And they're going to build your hopes up as, as high as they can go. And I'd say probably Champions League final was the highest they've gone so far. But I think they have the potential to build us up to we could win this league and then just flatten out towards the end. So I, I would, I really would like to get my hopes up right now, Brent. But my, my heart's telling me just to hold on a little longer before saying. Yeah, no. Eh, and, and listen to your heart. Listen to your yeah. heart for sure. Because what I would say is, Jake, their next five matches – Chelsea away, Crystal Palace away, Liverpool away, Leicester home, Wolves away. If you're going to yeah. be a serious title challenger, this next run of five games will be an indicator as to whether or not Spurs are the real deal or whether or not they're just kind of having a hot run because that is a tough five when you have just taken sole first place in the Premier League. Yeah, and Brent, let me see if I can break this down for you for these next upcoming games. I would say of the Chelsea away and then Crystal Palace away we need to have at least four points after those two fixtures to consider ourselves contenders and then from Liverpool Leicester and Wolves I think I I would be happy with another four points if we lost to Liverpool and then drew and won to Wolves and Leicester I I think that would be an okay scenario Um, I'm not sure that'd be the like I'm not sure if we would stand out as title contenders after that but I think um, as a realistic Spurs fan, I think that would be perfect. No, I think that's fair. And, and Jake, the way that I see I mean, between Spurs, Chelsea, Liverpool, Leicester, those are the top four teams right now. You know, so, so those are three of the top four teams that Spurs are playing against. And I just think between those three teams, they need six points. That, that's how I would okay. say it. They need to win two. Um, and I realize it's a tall ask, Chelsea, Liverpool, Leicester, but if you really want to start bridging a gap between you and the rest of the competition, start solidifying yourself as a title challenger, Spurs have to win at least two of those games. Ideally, I would say they come away with seven points. Um, in a perfect world, they come away with nine. But I, I don't think that'll happen. But I, it will be interesting no. to see what happens over the next few weeks. And the one thing I will say to counter your uh, Europa League point is just that I do see them going a ways in that tournament and while yes they can rotate players in it not only do you have an extra knockout round uh with the teams coming down from the champions league so you have another match week uh ahead of you but on top of that you know what i worry about is the maybe the rotation players or the fringe players getting hurt not so much you know harry kane goes down son goes down you know one of the center backs goes down i worry more about role-playing midfielders who maybe can't afford to be rotated as much when I think, you know, Sissoko, when I think Lachelso, when I think Koiberg, who's been great so far. That's who I worry about getting injured, is you know that even with just Harry Kane, Son, uh, you know, Toby, they still have relatively underperformed recently and not gotten those top finishes. I think what's made them better this year is that they've gotten the right pieces around it, and I'm more worried Mm -hmm. about the pieces getting injured in maybe those rotational Europa League games, in maybe the lesser Premier League games. That's where I see uh, Spurs running into into problems. Right, and I mean, that's a good fear and good prediction. And honestly, um, speaking as a Spurs supporter, I, I think I see us either 
contending for the title or contending for the Europa League, but I don't see us doing both. And so I obviously would be disappointed if we fell out of the Europa League early, but it could sure. help us domestically if that does occur. No, and, and Jake, you know what? I think that makes sense, and, and I appreciate I appreciate your insight. You know, you're getting a real inside scoop here from a Tottenham Hotspur fan and clearly a Premier League expert, you know, not unlike <laughs> myself. That's why we're doing the podcast. Clearly. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But Jake, with that out of the way, we can get into our Match Week 10 preview. Brett, who does the previews now? Um, wait, let me think. I think it's this handsome guy who lives in Colorado. Maybe maybe has a pet dog what? named Wings. Maybe yeah, I can hear yeah. I can hear him whining in the other room. Oh, and, uh, perfect. Something I had to deal with for the first time because we record at your place usually is uh, sure. How to deal with a dog that wants to play all the time when you need to record for an hour? But uh, no, he, I he's know. gonna be fine. Priorities, I get it. Yeah, priorities. Uh, but moving on to match week ten, we have only one game on Friday, but. The Premier League weekend does get to start early, which is always nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so on November 27th at 1 o'clock Mountain Time, so that would be 3 o'clock Eastern mm-hmm. for you on the East Coast, on NBCSN we have Crystal Palace versus Newcastle. And Jake, this is, I think, actually going to be another one of those fairly close games. Um, yeah. I think it has all the makings of being a close game. And historically, it's a pretty even series when they've recently played. You have, uh, you know, Crystal Palace win, Newcastle win, Crystal Palace win, draw, draw. But interestingly enough, all of these games, going back to April 30th, 2016, in the Premier League between these teams, both teams has scored no more than one goal. It's either been a 1-0 or a 1-1. So I see this being a very close game. And okay. so for this match week, I'm going to pick the home team, Crystal Palace, and I know the goals don't count, but in a 1-0 win. Sure. No, but I, I always appreciate when you do a specific goal count. I think it's fun. Hey, thanks. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Um, I'm actually going to go against you. I think Newcastle are going to pull away this away victory at Selhurst. And, okay. Um, I think that comes off of Crystal Palace's uh, slightly poor form from last week um, mm-hmm. and Newcastle. Um, looking to, you know, bounce back a little bit. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, but moving on, on to Saturday, November 8th, 28th, at 7.30 Eastern, we have Brighton-Liverpool at the Amex Stadium in Brighton. And, Jake, I feel like if I had any doubts about Liverpool, they were completely admonished this past week. So I'm going with a Liverpool victory. No, that's definitely fair, and uh, I'm also going to go with a Liverpool victory just because I want to look like a fool. Well, the only the only issue that I have, Jake, is the same thing that Ole complained about last week. Liverpool play in the Champions League tomorrow and then have the early game Saturday. Sure, and so, you know where they're playing in Champions League. They're, I don't remember. They might still be in England, but I don't know off the top of my head, Jake. I just know they play tomorrow, um, and and because of that quick turnaround time the very same thing that they've been complaining about you know for man U and we were talking about a few weeks ago with pep guardiola and all of them say also sure. jake i can't confirm it's at anfield so they're at least yeah, staying at, in at, your atlanta at anfield i also yeah um i still think liverpool are gonna win but i could see that maybe being a contentious talking point again 
at the end of the match week when the game's done. Sure. Um, I'm sure uh, Pop will have something to say about it. Uh, but do you happen to know where Manchester City are playing this week? Mm-hmm. Uh, well... In the Champions League, Jake, sorry. If that wasn't... Oh, gotcha. Sorry. I was taking They're a playing, second to look at this. No, I, I found it. They're playing in Greece, so mm-hmm. they might have it worse. Than, no, that's uh, true, but they have the extra day. You know, they'll be getting home technically on the Wednesday and still have, you know, I guess a Thursday, Friday. Yeah, no, that is a pretty quick turnaround, isn't it? Well, because they, they also play the same day as Liverpool both times. Right. Just three so hours I, I later. Think, sure, I think Pep will have something to say about it. Um, yeah, for But yeah, sure. moving to that next game at um, 10 a.m. Eastern time, Man City versus Burnley at the Etihad. And I know Burnley are coming off a hot pick, but I'm going to tell you right now, slam Burnley's odds because I'm picking Man City. <laughs> well, um, I might do that betting-wise, but for our pick I'm also going to do Man City just because I, I don't really see them losing points to a Burnley side at home. It would be surprising. And if there's one team in the Premier League I feel like could afford to have that quick turnaround, it would be City with the amount of depth that they have, especially in their forward line. <laughs> Sure, and I I would if there's any other team like to say that they could just um, field two different starting elevens from Olympiacos to Burnley, um, but Olympiacos uh, I know from experience because Spurs have played them away. Um, I know it's not the same environment because of no fans, but playing Olympiacos in Greece is a tall task. So it is. It they, is. They, they might have to field two tough elevens uh, for both games. So maybe some players. Have some tired legs, and it is possible sure. Burnley pick up a point here, but I, I, right. I'm going to stick with Man City. I was about to say, are you about to drunkenly talk no, yourself into no. a on-the-spot change? No, I, I thought about it, but I, I thought better of it. All right, proud of you. All right, moving on. At 12.30 Eastern time, or noon 30 for you cool cats, Thank it you. is Everton versus Leeds at Goodison in Liverpool. Jake. For the sake of my parents and for the – if anybody's wearing headphones, the audience, I'm not going to do a siren to this. But do this it. is my surprise pick do of the it. week. I can't. I can't do it. <sighs> I don't know if they're on the phone down there. I don't you know, I don't know oh what they're doing goodness. down there. I, I can't risk a loud siren. They're too siren. nice. Dude, too the nice. siren's so loud it's a deafening. Wee-oo, <laughs> no one, hey, there we go. There we See, go. I have all already... I have is Winks here, and he's already whining in his crate. So there's well, you should just much. have Winks whine be the alarm next time. But oh, Jake, this should. is my surprise pick. Okay. I have a either you know kind of looking like a, basically a one goal victory leads over Everton. I thought Everton looked a little shaky uh, in their in their most recent result. Uh, is a fun fact, and because I've done this a few times now, uh, Everton and Leeds have not played in the Premier League since 2004. So, uh, you know, maybe reigniting an old rivalry of... I mean, it wasn't a rivalry, but, you know, bringing back, you know, a new game. And, uh, you know, I just think while Leeds have also struggled, they looked pretty dominant against Arsenal, despite not getting the victory. (laughs) Uh, I don't know that Everton can withstand their attack like like Arsenal did, though. And and I think Mm -hmm. Leeds will be a little bit more efficient. So I have Leeds winning uh, at Goodison. Okay, and that, that is a surprise for me just because Leeds not being able to get a goal in 10 men Arsenal was surprising in itself. Uh, but I, I do have a draw here. I think both teams 
maybe have the capacity to score a goal here, but I don't think either are uh, head and shoulders above the other. So I think sure. it's going to be a draw. Okay. Uh, I'm so glad that you had some fun facts. If only there were fun facts for other fixtures like this next one. Oh. West Brom versus Sheffield. We have that at 3 p.m. Eastern. Jake, it's funny you say that because I do have a fun fact about you this do. game. You really? do. I do. These two teams have never played in the Premier League before. This is a What? First. I know. It's unbelievable. That's unheard of. <laughs> yeah. But but here they are, the bottom two teams in the Premier League table playing for the first time in the Premier League. I mean, honestly, it's it's by no means match of the week, but boy, am I excited for it. And uh, I'm so much excited for it. Uh, but can I get your pick? <laughs> oh, right, right, that. Um, <laughs> look, at the end of the day, it's at the Hawthorns. So West Brom's home. Sheffield have only drawn this season. West Brom do have a win. So I'm going to pick a West Brom victory. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with a draw again. That draw meant some's continuing over from the Everton game. Um, I just don't see either of these sides pulling away. And I think mm-hmm. it would go either way. Um, Sheffield might even get their first win this week. Um, you know, the thing is they both put in good performances over the weekend between, I mean, good is relative, but, you know, West Brom arguably shouldn't have lost Wednesday, or at least they should have had the opportunity to have a to have a goal off the penalty spot. Right. 1-0 loss to Man U, whereas Sheffield lost 1-0 to West Ham and looked fairly dominant. So I don't think that's a bad pick, Jake. Hey, man, I appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, I... I almost went Sheffield win, but I, I just I don't trust them to score a goal. Yeah, so. <laughs> you didn't feel it in your heart. No, I really didn't, and I, I gotta go with my heart. But that that wraps it up for Saturday. We're gonna move on to Sunday, November twenty mm-hmm. ninth. The early game is at nine a.m. Eastern, and that is Southampton versus Man United at St. Mary's on the South Coast. Jake, United typically have a hard time at St. Mary's. I will say it. Um, lot of draws in their recent history but that being said i think man you are gonna ride uh their results and they're gonna get another victory on the south coast hey brent i really like that pick um if you're an idiot um here's my surprise pick of the week i have southampton pulling off a stunner after man you have that momentum coming off the champions league they do tend to let you down after a champions league they sure Success, do. don't they? Yeah, no, I get that. I do. <laughs> and uh, I'm sorry for you if that uh, actually does occur this week. Uh, but yeah, um, just taking a gander at all the fixtures, I couldn't really think of anything else that was a huge mm-hmm. surprise. Um, and I know Southampton are above them in the table, but I would still consider this a surprise pick. Okay, I think that's fair. Cool. Especially with no Danny Ings. Exactly, and uh, I think it's going to be a struggle all game for both teams, but I think Southampton will come out on top. And moving on to our second game on Sunday at 11.30 Eastern, it is Chelsea versus Spurs at Stamford Bridge. The Battle of the Bastards, if you will. That's definitely game of the week. Uh, But Jake, the thing is, I feel like we're going to have opposite picks on this one. I am going with my Premier League champion, Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say opposite, but I would say different picks. Sure. Um, as I'm going with the draw. Um, okay. Spurs versus Chelsea has always been a little heated. We've never, in recent times, we haven't looked dominant against them. Uh, Sands won uh, game, but 
I don't know. I think both teams get a little chippy. I think a lot of yellow cards will be shown. Might bet the over on that. Wink, wink. <laughs> All um, right. And I think uh, it's going to be 1-1 one, one or 2-2. Two, two. All right. But, yeah, uh, moving on to the last game on Sunday. We have Arsenal versus Wolves at 2.15 mm-hmm. Eastern. And that's at the Emirates. And, Jake, I, this one's a tough one for me. I'll say it. Um, Wolves, man, haven't looked... I mean, they're still doing well in the table. It's not like they're doing poorly. Right. They're, you know, they're, they're top half of the table team. Arsenal's in 12th currently, very much underperforming. Uh, when you look at recent form, they're pretty similar in terms of neither doing well. However, and I'm just going to go again based on history... Arsenal have eight wins against Wolves in the Premier League. Wolves only have one against Arsenal in the Premier League. They've only drawn three times in the Premier League. Odds say it's going to be an Arsenal victory, so that's what I'm going to go with. All right, and uh, Arsenal coming off, what, a loss and then a draw? They sure did, Uh, yeah. I think they picked back up this midweek um, during Europa League. I think they get a win. Um, against the Leicester side in Europa League and ride that to uh, a, a win against Wolves. So I also right. going to pick that. But yeah, that wraps up Sunday. Uh, moving on to the last day, we have at noon 30 Eastern, uh, Leicester versus Fulham. That's at King Power. And Jake, I'm going Leicester. Just straight up picking Leicester. That's it. No analysis, nothing. Hey, right, let's keep it short, I guess. Uh, I also have Leicester. I just think they're going to be too too good for Fulham. That's that's the end of the story. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, I like it. Okay. And the last match of the week, we have West Ham at home against Aston Villa, and that is at 3 p.m. Eastern. Jake, I go back and forth on this one as well. Um, Aston Villa playing great so far. West Ham in a pretty hot run of form all things considered, and I think West Ham keep it going and get a win in this game. All right, and I'm glad that we uh, get to differ on this last one because it leaves something up in the air um, all the way through Monday uh, afternoon, and I have Aston Villa on this one. I think they deserve the point at Brighton. They're going to have a chip on their shoulder, and West Ham, uh, last couple games, I don't think they've produced more than one goal, and I think Aston Villa are going to win this 2-1. All right, I like it. I love the scores. It's a little, it's a little extra tidbit just to add. Yeah, absolutely. What we think the no, I be. like it. I like it's it. Fun. Um, Jake, the only thing we didn't talk about was our player to watch. Uh, sure. do, do you have a player to look out for this week? Yeah, and I'm, uh, I'm changing on the fly right now, um, which I did oh, last week and Jake. It did not work out. <laughs> Jake, <laughs> we just talked about this. But for the record, in case it goes south again, my player to watch originally was Roberto Firmino, since okay. he kind of broke that drought and maybe continues that form and gets a goal or two um, this week against Brighton. But this is going to lead into my Jake's bets of the week. I'm going to have Yuri Tillemans as my player to watch. Okay. I like it. For Leicester against Fulham, if you are not familiar. Sure, sure. Um, in case you weren't paying attention during our pick and didn't hear their matchup for the week. Um, which, I mean, how could you not pay attention? It's so riveting, but just in case. Um, Jake, my pick is going to be Hakeem Ziyech against Spurs. Ooh. Okay. I like that, Look, he's up against Regulon. Uh, I think that'll be a good matchup, and he'll need to be Chelsea's creator. 
But I think the benefit coming that he's going to play an early Tuesday game and Spurs still have a game Thursday, maybe a fatigue factor, he's a little bit more rested. Pulisic is coming back into the team, possibly. I don't think he'll start, but he's healthy. I think it adds a little bit more incentive for, for Ziyech to, to solidify his place in the team. And, and so he's my, he's my player to watch this week. I like that. And to add on to your analysis, uh, he didn't even start this week in the Champions right. League. Came on for about 20, 25 minutes, I think. And um, against Regulon, who is very, like, jumps at any chance to kind of, like, slide at a mm-hmm. challenge and, like, very aggressive. And he's in uh, Ziak is tricky enough where he might send Regulon the wrong way to an extent where he opens up that uh, area to cross it in and get a, an assist or two. So I do, I do like that. I'm counting on it. I yeah. am counting on it. <laughs> uh, at the expense of Spurs, but I, I do like that. Right, of pick. course. Hey, thanks, man. Um, but speaking of Spurs, Jake, our fantasy team, we had a yeah. big transfer this week. And um, I, I'm excited about it. Yeah, we realized we had some excess funds still. We had two mil left over in the bank, and we decided, you know who we want? Harry Kane, the most expensive striker in the Premier League. So we got him. We dropped Timo Werner. We got Harry Kane, and now we have... I believe it's three of the top four scoring midfielders and now three of the top four scoring strikers. So theoretically, our team should have some points coming in. This week, our team looks like this. We have Fabianski in goal. We have uh, Reese James, Gabriel, and Luca Digne as our back three. We have Bruno Fernandez, captain against Southampton. Son, Grealish, Costa, Helder Costa from Leeds. And then up front, we have Harry Kane, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, and Patrick Bamford. And I love the way it looks. We got, the, at the end of the day, Jake, Helder Costa coming in, Pedro Neto going against Arsenal, Costa going against Everton. You know, it's kind of a toss-up. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but other than that, you know, Thiago Silva got dropped. We've been talking about, you know, he's had some injury issues over the past. Maybe, sure, sure, sure. You know what? Maybe we'll decide to throw Thiago Silva in for, for Helder Costa or something. Who knows? We can talk about it. And Lamptey's obviously suspended, and we dropped Jordan Pickford from the team entirely because Fabianski is the top-scoring goalkeeper. So I like the way our team looks. Yeah, uh, I do as well. I don't see Fabianski uh, dropping form anytime soon. And I think we, we made these, this change before Chelsea's Champions League game today. Right. And I will have to say, if you didn't watch the game, Timo had a sitter that he missed. I saw, yeah. And then a late uh, chance that he really should have converted that would have sealed the victory mm-hmm. before Giroud. Which, granted, Olivier Giroud, yeah, generated a power header to still sure. get the goal. Right. Uh, but he just didn't look like he had that killer instinct. And uh, I think it might be a good time to uh, drop him and move to Kane, who looks like he could get a goal or assist every single game. Right, and, and we had the funds to do it, I think, and I think it's a good upgrade. But, Jake, with that out of the way, we can get into my favorite segment. It's Jake's Bets of the Week, and I'd love to Aww. hear it. That, that's your favorite segment? Every week, yeah, because I don't partake in it. I just get to listen and, and have sure. a giggle or two. Well, my favorite segment is right after Jake's Bets, and it's giggles. But Right, um, of course. <laughs> but to each their own. Um, so oh, Jake's... Don't start too early. Hold it up for a second. <laughs> Anyway. Um, so Jake's bet of the week is a two-leg parlay, uh, which the first leg is a Leicester City win against Fulham. Okay. Um, Sounds pretty solid. Yeah, it's going to be – that's about minus 200, depending on which betting website you use. 
Um, and the other leg of that parlay is the over for total yellow cards in Chelsea versus Spurs. Um, unfortunately, they don't have that line yet for the over-under, um, but sometimes you get to pick and choose, and I, I'm going to pick over for one and a half for the total game. Wow, that's a lot. Um, so we're looking for five-plus yellow cards in that Chelsea-Spurs game and then a Leicester win. So that, that is my Jake's bet slash parlay right. of the week, and it's a sure thing, as always. Always. You put your hat on it. Yeah, if I were wearing a hat, I would put it on it. Um, Obviously. But, but one Jake, of the few times I'm not. Jake, what I will say is clearly you see fireworks coming in that Chelsea-Spurs game. I mean, what are we talking? Are we talking throwing elbows? Are we talking fist fights on the field? Uh, or just we're, some we're, hard we're, challenges that result in yellow cards? We're talking Musa Nabele putting a finger in Diego Costa's eyeball. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> okay, get, getting a little dirty. I like it. Yeah. I like it. So, uh, I, I mean, I, I would love to see it. I love that, like, gritty, you know, slide tackle challenges. I, I think it's going to be a great game. I feel like it's been tense ever since Chelsea destroyed Spurs' title hopes a few years ago uh, in that game that, that I believe it sealed the title for Leicester. Um, yeah, that's correct. That was the game I referenced with uh, Musa Nembele, I guess. Yeah. Um, yep. And the Eden Hazard, uh, very, very fancy goal to tie the game at 2-2. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I know that that probably hurts you to talk about, but Jake, here's the thing. With this sip, I'm out of whiskey. Brent, uh, this marks the first time I've been way out of whiskey before you. And I, and I know wow. you're going to say there's a caveat that you are on your second glass of whiskey. No, <laughs> I would never. But my, my mouth is a little dry, actually, because I, I've been out for a bit. Wow. All right, big guy over here, big talker. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, you grew some hair on your chest tonight. I'll oh, drink a little whiskey. Uh, no, right, I, 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 I still don't have any hair on my chest. <laughs> Just the way we like it. Just the way Winks <laughs> likes it. Exactly. <laughs> he loves a um, nice soft chest to go lay on when he goes to bed. Speaking of Winks, though, hit. you should probably go save him. Ah, he's fine. He can stay a little longer. <laughs> um, but Brent, I think that's it for our podcast this week. Well, I believe it's it for the only Premier League podcast with a dress code. And correct me if I'm wrong, that dress code is Jammies. I'll have to fact check it, but that sounds right. That's for sure. <laughs> it, it really does sound right. Uh, but yeah, success, successful uh, virtual podcast, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Colorado to Alaska. Um, and let's hope to never we, do it I, again. <laughs> I, I know. I, I really hope we don't. And I love to see that smile of yours, and it really oh, gets I me know. going each smile week. Smile mask, man. Uh, when, we, when we get to record. <laughs> smile mask, uh, go follow them on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I will. And with uh, that, I think uh, I think we can say goodbye and uh, see you guys next week. And we'll be in person, I promise. 